This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, what's up, everybody? So today we got our special guest back once again, uh, Marcellus Wiley, the CEO and founder of Project Transition from an NFL all-pro player marcellus welcome back to the show brother charles brother charles where you been man we've both been <laughs> sick under the weather what's going on man you good all, all all is good man all is good thank god uh it's, it's been a it's been a great week and so happy to get back with you last week was a bit busy i know you attended the super bowl what, what was that experience like attending the super bowl man it was the craziest busiest super bowl i ever had and i never thought that i would wow. retire and all the craziness I did when it was a Super Bowl and I was an active player. Obviously, I never played in a Super Bowl. So you attend all the events, all the engagements. You can make a, a lifetime's income during that week. A lot of guys do. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to get wow. into that conversation. But uh, it's crazy. I'm closing that gap being a retired player 20-some years later. Uh, just so much going on, so much more media entities. Everyone's into sports and now sports gambling. So Tons of parties, celebrities, athletes, influencers everywhere. And I lost my voice at the end. So that's why we had to take a little break because I was doing too exactly. much. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, you know, the Super Bowl, uh, I'm sure you know this already. They said that this was the most viewed Super Bowl ever. The mo- no, the most viewed television event ever in American history with over 150 million uh, people that tuned in. I've never been to a Super Bowl. I'm sure you've been to many. Was this particular Super Bowl in terms of an experience different than it? Did you notice anything? Like, was there like a vibe like, man, this is this is it? Or was it just like normally how a Super Bowl is? Nah, this wasn't normal. This was the best oh, Super wow. Bowl, um, which is not connected to the viewership. But this was the best Super Bowl to be at in terms of the week leading up to it. Festivities, everything. And I'm including L.A. I'm including Miami. I'm including that dark horse Indianapolis, which is set up so perfectly because they have it all bunkered in one central location even though they didn't have the best weather uh this was the best super bowl vegas is built for this it's like dude we're convention capital of the world bring it on and bring more so it was the wildest thing because other than the strip a little bit there wasn't any traffic you could move around you could obviously walk the strip or walk between the resorts and everywhere you went it was on 10. Everywhere you went, you was like, yo, that's so-and-so, wow. that's so-and-so. And then so-and-so wanted to wow. to you, and then it's a reunion, and it's alumni, and then you're like, dog, what's up, dog? You know, and that was <laughs> everywhere. And you didn't feel wow. overwhelmed by it. Now, in terms of the viewership, uh, to me, it's just simple. Like, one, the sport is more popular than ever. It took its lumps, and it's come out on the other side more, more than it was before. 
Um, there are more people in this world too. So let's just be real. And there's more money in this world than ever too. So it's like uh, a lot more people with devices and televisions and people just want to do it. And it's a holiday to watch the Super Bowl with fam and friends. So I just thought it added up to make sense. And Taylor Swift didn't hurt at all. You know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it seemed like everybody wanted to get a picture or be around or be seen with Taylor Swift. I mean, was it like that? Like, you got these famous people chasing Taylor Swift. What, what, what was that all about at yeah, uh, Super Bowl weekend? Game, recognize game. Like, we're all in this game <laughs> playing, dog. Let's just be real. We all got different intentions. We know what we're doing. It's just we all go about it in a different way. And when you are a celebrity or influencer, whoever you may be, you could be big time. But you see Taylor Swift, who's her own economy right now, uh, beyond viral. I don't know what she is, but every time she does yeah, anything, crazy. it's just crazy. crazy. The Swifties, right? Um, you just like, you go back to where it all started for you, where you actually had heroes. You actually had people you looked up to. You actually had people you respected. You were a fan of someone. Like if you saw Michael Jackson, rest in peace, but damn it, you see Michael Jackson, and let you be a singer, too, or just somebody in the light, and you see Michael Jackson, no wonder everyone was fainting when they saw him. They're like, that's Michael Jackson. Like, you just lose it. Like, exactly. we're, we're all in this doing something, and you see somebody at the top killing it, you got to show love and get some flowers. Yeah, no, Taylor Swift seems like uh, the NFL just stumbled upon, like, a, like a gold mine, and, and, they're, and they're not shying away from it. Well, I'm glad to hear that you had a great time at the Super Bowl because some of us back here, unfortunately, were stuck watching All-Star Weekend, uh, <laughs> the NBA All-Star Weekend. Yuck. I don't know if you saw it. I, exactly. I don't know if you saw it, but Marcellus, let me just let me just give you the, the, the what happened. Mm. I had no intention of watching the show. We put up a poll on our channel when we asked, do you guys plan on watching the All-Star game? 20,000 people voted. 75% of them said no. They have no interest in watching the game. I tune in on a Sunday evening to watch the game. Marcellus, after the first quarter, they had already attempted 47 threes. And I was like, I, 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 can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, why, why am I even watching? Yeah. First of all, what, do you, what is your take on the All-Star game breaking the record for a game where they scored... 211 to 186. What is your thoughts about this at this point? Oh, oh man, Charles, let's go. Uh, I feel the same way about the Pro Bowl, so don't think I'm taking shots at the NBA okay. and basketball. Okay. They no, both, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm with you. They I'm both with you. suck. Like, they are horrible. <laughs> and no one – look, it, it starts here. Uh, most communication is nonverbal, right? So most of the time when someone's telling you something, they ain't going to say it. They're just going to show it. The players have been showing us forever. They don't want to play. They don't care about playing. So guess what? We finally heard them. Okay, since you don't give a damn, guess what? I don't give a damn. And it took right. us a while because we were like, nah, y'all care. Y'all still sweating. Nah, y'all still shooting. Nah, y'all still dunking. <laughs> and then you started to squint and look like, wait a minute. That ain't the same kind of defense. That ain't the same. That ain't the same kind of dunk. That ain't the same way you play basketball. So it happened in football. And I think it was more obvious in football because it's more physical. So you're like, yeah, right. I get why they don't want to play. But you're like, basketball? Y'all can't get no run in and just chill and still have a good time and not get hurt? And them players, 
you know, the game management, the game, you know, load management, and then all of a sudden, hey, how much do we get paid for these exhibition games and how much we get paid for our regular season oh contracts? Cats start doing some good math. So since they show us non-verbally, they don't care. We caught the hint and now we don't care. I did not watch any festivity, not one. I went to wow. my, I went to Monster Jam with my kids and we were in a stadium that was packed at the same time as the slam dunk contest. So that wow. was another 80,000 people that didn't watch it because we all sit there watching monster trucks. So wow. I think that's where we are with Charles. Wow. I think it's a wrap. Man, Mar- Marcellus, man, I, I'm, I'm always, you know me, I'm always like complaining about, pissed off about something going on with the NBA. But this particular one, man, no, it really bothered me and I'll tell you why. These guys were told I remember, you know, looking at Jordan, all these guys say the, the All-Star game is the greatest pickup game in the world. We mm. all remember the All-Star game. Dudes would kind of mail it in in the first half. And then in that second half, in that fourth quarter, dudes, they actually started competing. Whereas this game, it seems like they don't care. And to go back to your point about the numbers, I came across a stat this afternoon. I don't know if you, you've heard it. Do you know that in the 2003 All-Star game, 10.8 million people tuned in. Mm. And in the All-Star game of 2023, 4.6 million. The NBA has lost half of its audience in the last 20 years. If you're Adam Silvers, do like because it seems like Adam Silvers doesn't think there's a problem. Every time I see him, he's smiling and he, the game is in a great place. Do you think the commissioner is out of touch with his fans? I don't think he's out of touch. I think he's looking at different line items um, more than just the viewership, you know, and obviously that's huge. The viewership matters because that's how you get the television contracts, but he's still getting those TV contracts despite the decline in viewership, right? So you're like, what else is he looking at? Um, And you have to look at how the game is growing globally and you got to see that he's seeing it from a different lens, different perspective. Uh, To go back to it, See, I don't let the old timers get away with stuff. And the old timers get away with a lot, like your grandparents, they say stories to you. And when you're young, you're like, oh, wow, you did have to walk up the hill both ways to go to school with no shoes. Whoa, you were tougher than me. Then you realize, man, you ain't tougher than me. You just couldn't do what I could do, fool. So now you're like, I ain't gonna say fool, granddaddy, but damn it, you know what I mean. Man, look, these old timers, they used to go to the all-star game well, if you want to go back to the 80s when they only had like three channels and stuff and it was tape delay or whatever. And they used to go there for two reasons. One, they wanted to really show the world who was the best. And two, they needed to get their fame up. I mean, it was just that simple. Like, you weren't watching Indiana games, right? But you will watch the All-Star, right. you'll watch the playoffs and the finals. So you're like, okay, how good is Reggie Miller versus Michael Jordan, you watch that game and then you see him in All-Stars and you say, oh, Michael Jordan is the best of the best. Because look at him, even around the best at the All-Star, he destroying them cats. And it meant something. You know why it doesn't mean anything now? One, we're saturated with all things NBA, whether it's social media, whether it's actual websites and rankings and your show. Everyone already tells us who's the best and who's not. And when they get to the All-Star game, they're not sitting there holding their breath to show how how good they are against somebody else because you already seen them play. You know what they're doing? They're relaxing. They're like, man, look, you can go on and have that. I got my contract. People know how good I am. And when I'm balling, y'all already watching it. 
So I don't think the All-Star game is, is the measuring stick it used to be because it's too much media out there, and these cats are getting fat and full doing what their real job is, which is not the All-Stars. It's the regular season and the playoffs. Two questions for you. You brought up the point about Adam Silver saying um, he's, he's maybe looking at different things versus what maybe a typical fan is looking at. I got to ask you, and maybe you have an insight to this because I don't. The NBA is just coming off of their last deal, which was like $25 billion. They're now looking to renegotiate the new one for $75 billion. But we're looking at the, the, the viewership numbers go down in terms like per game, like NBA fans tuning in per game versus like NFL games. So how are they justifying <laughs> asking for three times the money but if the views are going, am I am I looking at something wrong, or maybe I'm not looking at? I don't have the information. No, nah, you're smart. You're probably too smart for your own good because you're like this doesn't add up, and everybody's sitting there like, what are you talking about? So this is the part that most people don't understand that the Nielsen ratings, viewership ratings, is archaic, uh, but they're still using it as an industry standard, but it's diminishing in terms of its relevance. So the ratings from the '80s and '90s, remember. They didn't have social media. Remember, they didn't have websites, right? Remember, they didn't even know like, oh, everybody's going to Hooters and Dave and & Buster's and watching and giving them credit. And still to this day, they're struggling with how much credit to give it. But what we do know is there are impressions. Everybody knows that word, especially if you're in social media, how many impressions you get. They're not saying how many views, they say how many impressions you get. So now Nielsen is stuck. Like, oh, God, we need to make sure we have proper ratings because we're not counting the devices as well as we should. We're not counting the sports bars. We're not counting Charles's viewing and watch party. We're not counting Marcellus being around all these other people with his foundation. They're not counting all that. But the NBA knows. And so the NBA has a deck that is showing viewership as standard. Mm -hmm. But now all these other line items and verticals that shows how the game is growing and how people are tuning in, including the NBA destroys it on social media. I think they're better than the NFL because they have it open to license. They let anybody put any clip up. NFL, uh -uh, don't you dare do that. You've got only three seconds or et cetera. Right. NFL is much more strict. So the, the short of it is the NBA has more revenue streams than it ever had before. They're just not measured solely on viewership. But people I think they see. are because in back in the day, that's all they had. Three channels and how many people watched on Saturday? Now, mm. they like, dog, this thing going to live in perpetuity. Go to YouTube and watch the All-Star Game on NBA Channel and whatever. And they're still getting impressions, which they sell for 3X. And that's how they get the big number. I understand. I never knew this. Wow. Mm -hmm. Learn something. You learn something new every day. Oh, I, I didn't know this. But, um, okay, so that's the first part. I want to move quickly to LeBron James. LeBron, the face the of goat. the NBA. The GOAT. Here you, here you go with this, man. Here, here he come. With, I'm, I'm, we're going to get back to that later on today. Here, you, here he come. Here he come. LeBron, you know, whenever he talks, he's the biggest voice. He's the one everybody wants to hear from at All-Star Weekend, they were talking to him and a reporter asked him the question, which was, LeBron, what do you think about the competitiveness of the game itself, the All-Star game? Do you think that, no, he said, 
is this what the players want? Is this what the fans want? What do you think? And LeBron basically, to summarize, said that he he understands that there needs to be a conversation that needs to be had, but he's saying it's not a simple one. He said it's not it's, it's not just a thing, okay, let's just play hard. I think he's saying that there are more variables. And then I'm reading an article this morning from Fadeaway World, and it, and it features uh, Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, who just got the biggest contract in NBA history, mm-hmm. history, he's saying that the 65-game minimum is too high. Marcellus, what, what do we do? Where do mm. we go? Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the competition level. I, I, I think competition is tough for us to register. Um, if you're talking about the competition, the NBA All-Star, y'all can stop holding y'all breath. They're never going to be competitive in the All-Star game, Pro Bowl, NBA All-Stars ever again. It's it's a wrap, and for good reason. Wow. Um, wow. Look, if you want Employee of the Month, wherever you work, viewer, and then they're like, yo, guess what we're going to do? We're going to get all the employees of the month together, and we're going to have a big celebration and party all week and hang out. And then we want to see y'all do y'all job together. How hard are you working? <laughs> like dog, I'm like, hey, all right, got the award. What you talking about, dog? I ain't about to put in no work. I see you when I gotta go to work, but this is supposed to be a party, so that's done. All right, in terms of competitiveness during a regular season, I just think people register it wrong because they don't see people getting taken out the air anymore. How bad does he really want it? You don't see the flagrance and the excess like we used to see it. You also don't see people with such limited athletic ability exceeding that with effort to make you think, oh man, they are so into it. So this is what happens. When you are a good team and you're playing a team that's lesser than you, you know what the coach, his first lesson to that team that's not as good, the underdog, he always says, all right, you see this team over here? They're damn good. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to fight. We're going to bring it to them. We're going to muck it up. And you all, and I swear, every athlete knows this. When your coach goes first to we got to get physical, that means we ain't good enough. It's just that simple. So mm-hmm. we look mm-hmm. at the NBA right now like, oh, man, they ain't even trying that hard. So they must not be competing. Dog, what's really happening is they are, how do you say it? I'm so good, I make it look easy. They're so skilled, number six, seven, eight, nine on the team. Stop giving me the top dogs. Top dogs from every era can live in every era. It's the rest. It's the meat of the team. Them suckers, the number seven guy back in the old days on average teams wouldn't even make the NBA today. And I'm going to stand true on that, and y'all going to argue me to the day I die. They had to try like that. Charles, they had to compete because they couldn't do it. That's all. That's all. Oh my God! No, oh no. my God! I can't even believe you just said that, man. Okay, so let me let me let me, let me ask you mm. honestly: Do you think that this current product that we're seeing right now is a good one? From the, do you think? Can you honestly say with a straight face that this is a great a great product right now, the NBA? I can say yes, and I can understand why some say no. But here's the yes. You just oh, said, Marcel, hold up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marcel, hold up. I'll cut you yep. off. You yep. said yes, but you said you didn't watch the All-Star game because you weren't interested. So that means that, so hold on, which which one is it? Is it because it was, you knew that, you, you're saying it's good, but you even you are not interested in it. No, I'm not interested in the All-Star game. I stopped being interested in the All-Star game 10, 50, 
whenever Vince Carter won, after Vince Carter, I was holding on uh-huh. to see the next Vince Carter. And then we got like, what, Kenny Skywalker, if that was not before. Like, we got a couple guys, couple moments. Oh, we got a... Ah, Blake, Blake Griffin, Blake, Blake Griffin. Blake, Blake wasn't amazing in the All Star game as much. It was uh oh, Gordon, Gordon. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Aaron Gordon, Gordon was sick. Uh, we had a couple moments. Uh, Zach Levine, that that one. But be real, like Aaron look, Gordon. I, yeah. Have you cared about the All Star game three point contest since Larry Bird? Like you know, like Craig Hodges, maybe. Like after that, like who? If Steph wins it, I'm like okay. Like, it's like uh, he, he does that every night. So what I think I'm really suffering from is I'm it's oversaturated. It's just so much when I know they're not going to try as hard. Why watch that? I watch their regular season games. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm more invested right. than ever. I'm spending my money to go to games. I never right. did that before. I just think we're all spoiled. Uh, I think we're spoiled and we don't respect how talented these guys are because there's just so much talent. Like you just don't get it. If everybody going fast, you don't know who fast. Everybody fast. Like you start respecting, oh no, nah, but I remember my daddy's truck and you had to start it early and then it went and everybody was like, ooh, it was so big. And I'm like, dog, a Tesla is faster than a Ferrari. And people don't understand that until they get in them. And then they be like, God dang. I think that's what's happening in the NBA. <laughs> people don't see it, but it's going, it's rolling. We we're we gonna have to do a show just about this thing to argue about it in <laughs> these coming days. Let's go. About this uh the, 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 the current NBA. <laughs> but during All-Star Weekend, now matter of fact, before we even get to that, uh before we did this show, I don't know if you're aware aware, uh Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp were on ESPN and they were talking about the slam dunk contest. And they said, like, the question was, should they get rid of the slam dunk contest? Like, should they get rid of All-Star Weekend? And Stephen A. Smith said that. <laughs> The number one person he blames for the demise of the All Star of the Slam Dunk Contest specifically. I know. Here you go. Is Le- you already know? LeBron. Is LeBron James? I know. You already know where I'm going with this. I know. And he said, ever since LeBron said that he was not going to participate in the Slam Dunk Contest, he made it cool for big name players to not want to compete in the Slam Dunk. To that, you say what? He's right. Um, and that's around the era when I was like, because when wow. Vince Carter, well, when Vince Carter did it. Now, here's the thing. It, it, it's not like a, a damning statement to LeBron. It's really, let's look at LeBron like the brand. And let's look at Vince Carter like the brand. And that's why all those old cats used to compete because they didn't have brands back in the 80s and 90s like that, right? They weren't monetizing themselves to this degree. So they weren't making more off the court like this than they did. Magic Johnson signed a contract that was 25 years, $25 million. Remember that? And then Jordan was the first one to sign a fully guaranteed one-year deal. Like, they were just taking steps. They were building the foundation. So their brands needed the bump of the All-Star game when all the best players were there. Now, Vince Carter's brand was great, but it wasn't top 10 player in the league. But then you want to go grab LeBron, who is top 10 at that time, if not number one. He's certainly top 10, young LeBron. And LeBron's like, how much upside is there to winning the dunk contest versus how much downside? Now, for people who don't understand what that, that sentence really sounds like and feels like, 
I give you Andre 3000. Yes, Andre 3000. Okay. So I was familiar okay. with him. Big Outcast fan. Love him. Love uh, Big Boy. Shout out to Blue, their manager. I used to hang with him. I had a, my favorite day of life, probably, wow. outside of having kids and getting married. I got to throw that one in. Um, is hanging out with Andre 3000 and Big Boy at the zoo. But here's the thing. Oh, wow. Here's the at, at the at, at the actual zoo. Yeah, we went to the zoo with our kids, and then okay, we, okay. I went to their okay. concert. I rode on the bus with them. Uh, I was on stage with them. Like this is before social media, wow. so I got no records really. Um, but uh, <laughs> one picture from the zoo, like w- one giraffe. Like you know. so, we all just kicking it. And here's the best part about it. Dre, you know, they had their uh, their album that went diamond. Like, they did that double album. Okay, it was it around the Hey Ya time, that Hey uh, that time? That album, yep. That album. Oh, wow. Most selling wow. rap album ever, right? Wow. And, and so everyone from that moment to now until Dre dropped the flute album, him playing the flute, it was like, how come Andre don't make another album? Kind of like with Dr. Dre and the Chronic. When he gonna make another Chronic? Right. And what happens is they run a brand calculation. How much upside? This is for the creator. How much upside is there to do it again? And how much downside? Y'all want to know where Lauren Hill's next album is? Right there. Stuck where Andre's is. Stuck where Dr. Dre's is. These guys, these gals get to a place. LeBron. And their, their team is like, hey, bro. Go out there and miss your first two dunks. So, hey, bro, get a 45 and don't make the finals. That ain't good for business. Now, everybody's going to retort and say, well, Sue, who cares, man? You're supposed to be a competitor. You're supposed to. Ain't nobody competing to lose. (laughs) It's a setup. It's a setup. So you need somebody who's not top, top, top dog. And those are usually the ones that raise their hand nowadays. Back in the days, Jordan needed that for Nike. Nike was telling Jordan to go to the dunk contest. Stop acting like he woke up and said he wanted to do all that. He was selling them shoes. Now they shoes sell without them doing anything. They put a post out. So leave these cats alone. Okay. Fair enough. We're going to have to revisit these topics. We got a lot of shows coming up. (laughs) We got a lot of shows we got to talk about. Well, during All-Star Weekend, it wasn't all bad. Well, actually, it was all bad. But there was some controversy that took place. Um... I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, with Mm. uh, surrounding Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller. Uh, As you know, during Mm -hmm. the game, I want to make sure, I want to make sure I get the name right. Sabrina, oh Lord, hold on, I got to get her name right because if I mess it up, it's a very difficult name to pronounce. Hold on, let me just get it right. Do what I do with Tua, just say Tua. (laughs) Sabrina. Uh, Okay, (laughs) yeah, Sabrina Ionescu, she played, I hope I got it right. If I I did not, I apologize. She's a 26-year-old NBA, uh, WNBA player that plays for the New York Liberty. Hmm. So you know that they had the, the three-point contest, oh, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, shootout, yeah. let's say, yep. Yep. between her and Stephen Curry. Yeah. And some of us were a bit confused with what was going on but until we saw it. Anyway, Stephen Curry wins. Fantastic. But throughout the competition, Reggie Miller and Kenny Smith were kind of going back and forth. So at the end of it, he says that he wishes that she has shot from the WNBA distance, the three-point line, rather than Stephen Curry's, uh, the NBA distance of the three-point uh, shot. And as you got, and as you know, Reggie Miller has a sister that was very, very good at basketball. Oh, yeah. So Reggie Miller says, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? Are you saying that she's not capable? But he's like, no, he thinks it was unfair because she didn't maximize her strength by shooting from where she was comfortable from. And he's like, are you trying to say, what are you, what, what, are you trying to put limitations on women? And he's like, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying that 
I wish that she played in her comfort zone. And then he and then he said, well, if that's the case, he's responding now to Reggie Miller. He goes, well, if that's the case, then let them shoot with the same ball then. Because apparently the NBA ball is bigger than the WNBA ball. Long story short, people are on social media are now upset with uh, Kenny Smith for basically suggesting that somehow he was being a misogynist towards women by saying that. Hmm. What are your thoughts on people saying that about Kenny Smith? Okay, I'm fully trusting you, Charles, and this is one of the things I used to do when I didn't uh, see a story or see a game. I ah. trust my partner. And so if I'm wrong, oh, well, blame him. Blame Charles, not me. Uh, he fault. told me was, <laughs> he, he didn't want to set me up. Uh, here we go. Look, people are weird um, and hella sensitive. And that's why I don't rock with a lot of people because I'm like, look, we can go have a drink, we can hang out, but trust me, I am not letting your thoughts and feelings internalize because you're weird. And this is one of those weird things. Um, let's start here. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I hear you tell me that story, all I say is, one, there's a reason why the women shoot from a shorter distance. They are limited in comparison to men physically. There's a reason why their ball is different. Why? I didn't make up the NBA, WNBA rules. So right. somebody sat there with a lot of genius and said, let's do this. You think they just made it up arbitrarily or they had some evidence? Okay, so for people who are still in their feelings, because when you're not being objective, people are in their feelings. It's subjective. What do you mean? What are you saying? I'm going to say this. The fastest woman who ever has lived on this planet, billions and billions and billions and billions of women, let me give you some objective athletic feats, ran a 10-4-9 in the 100. The fastest man who has ever lived ran a 9-5-8. It's almost a second in the 100. That means if they raced each other, the fastest man ever and the fastest woman ever, you literally will watch Usain Bolt go by and then turn around, check on your kids, and be like, y'all good? Sit down. And then look, and Flojo is coming to finish. That I ran track. Right. It's my favorite sport, and it explains so right, much right. of sports in life. It's the best because it's pure. It's objective. I want to hear it. Don't talk about coach. What'd you run? What was your time? Shut it. Okay, so you mm -hmm. use that to extract to this argument. There are limitations to women physically in terms of doing the same thing against a man. I know you want to get into the biology argument and testosterone sure, sure. and post-puberty, et cetera, right. but we know right, right. it exists. So if it exists, how come we can't act like it matters? That's why I lose pe mm. people lose me when they act like mm. it, it, it. You know it exists. Oh, you don't think so? I have three daughters and one son. I'm a man. My wife's a woman. Y'all don't want to have an Olympics of the Wiley family. <laughs> like me and my son going to wear them out. We going to wear them out. And it's not because my, my, my wife's a better athlete than me. I'm just bigger and faster. And y'all can say that's athletics. No, nah, small space. She's a better basketball player. Now, laterally, she's better than me. But when it comes to straight up strength, when it comes to what we're talking about with that, pushing that ball all the way from the NBA right. three-pointer, that's a different animal. So I don't know why they were arguing. Well, it sounds like it sounds like one was pandering and one was keeping it real, right? Like most of our arguments exactly. in this world today, <laughs> right? And, and and that and that was the issue. That was the that was the issue I had with it. It seemed it seemed, uh, and and I'll send you over the audio again to to, to listen to it yourself. But it seemed like 
Reggie was Reggie Miller was pandering, and oh. I didn't like that because now it's going to get people upset at Kenny Smith, and I don't think he meant any harm whatsoever. I don't think he did. Uh, but just to kind of veer off for a bit, how how did we get to this point where we're in this we're in the world where like now everything people are ready to take offense over? It's like we must all just smile it up and agree. Everybody must agree and we should just sing Kumbaya. How do we get to this point? Um, <clears throat> I can lazily say it's social media, but it's for a real reason. Um, it's not social media, the instrument, social media, the conduit. It's social media because everyone has a platform. So imagine going to class, Charles, and you and I, I like sitting in the front of the class with an apple for my teacher. I'm a teacher's pet. I'm I'm asking every question. I'm intellectually curious. I'm a nerd. And I didn't care. I was like, so what else am I going to do? I'm in class for seven hours a day. You think I'm just about to kick it? You think I'm about to just say jokes all day? I'm like, no, I'm trying to learn something, bro. So I had friends that were with me and friends who were against me. I was like, I'll holler at you after the, after class. We'll talk later. So anyway... Imagine, because you know who are in the back, the ones that were cutting it up. They were acting a fool, right? right. Distractions. Right. Imagine that we created something where we now listen to everyone in the back of the class. And that's what social media is. Largely, social mm. media is a voice to those who didn't have a voice. Now they have a platform. Who beats people up in the comments? <sighs> It's not the CEOs of Fortune 100 companies. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? You know who it is? It's somebody with a lot of time on their hands and a lot of opinions right. and not well-versed in most of them. And they just go, ah, you suck, Charles. Or, you know what I mean? Oh, your show is great, Charles, but you still suck. You know what I mean? Like, So yeah. <laughs> the back of the class is where we're listening to on social media. There's only, there are only like two plus billion people. I say only. Two plus billion people on social media. There are eight plus billion people in this world. Most of the people are not on social media in this world, but right. we think it's the right. whole world. Right. So a quarter of this world is on social media. What quarter do you think it is? It's people with a lot of time or it's people that are in situations where they're trying to get paid off of it. And those are the people that usually post, not comment. So I just think it's a PC mm. world. Most people, want, most people want to be liked. Right. Most people want to seem intelligent. And they're going to say what the crowd says. And I'll leave you with this, big dog. I read into the Bible uh, to get biblical up here. The gates to heaven are narrow and few come between. What that means is, dog, when you're really doing something, when you're really on it, not everybody agreeing with you. Not everybody feeling you. But that's how you get to that level of success. You just got to pierce through it. So everybody want to be liked. Everybody want to pander. I hate them dudes. And I call them out by name when I catch them. Uh, because you're not speaking from a well-versed position. You're not speaking informed. You're just trying to appeal to the crowd. And hopefully they don't catch you slipping on the realness. I don't like it. Right. I'm one, I'm one, I 100% agree with you on that. Speaking of people that have been controversial, so to speak, Bill Simmons former uh, who used to work at ESPN then started the ringer did his own thing uh recently was on the Bill Simmons podcast and he was on the podcast and he was kind of poking fun at Pat McAfee he was basically making fun of his delivery like hey bro yeah bro yeah man bro yeah bro like how Pat McAfee <laughs> talks and he then went took it to the next stage where he's like man you know now everybody's ratings are up. Everybody's ratings are up. I mean, everyone is doing good these days, except, you know, the 12 o'clock spot on uh, ESPN. 
which was referring to Pat McAfee. Mm. Pat McAfee then gets a whiff of this, and you knew he was going to respond. He responds back to Bill Simmons, like, basically, we're crushing you guys. Keep talking, keep talking. And it's just back and forth. The people reacting to it are like, Pat is being a little bit too sensitive, right? Like, being a little, because Bill Simmons does this pretty much to everybody. What is your take, uh, what is your take on this back and forth between Pat McAfee and Bill Simmons? Yeah, um, my first take is kind of take me into the locker room. Uh, when you get drafted, like I got drafted to Buffalo Bills as a defensive end. Obviously, Bruce Smith is in the building, right? The defensive end, like best defensive end ever. So it's like you walking on eggshells like, yo, is he going to accept me? How's this going to go? Mm. But this is sports. So we get to actually compete for this and it may not be level in the competition because he has a huge advantage he has not only game but name over me but we're gonna get on the field and if i show up and show out they gonna have to respect my gangster media ain't like that like you know we still go about oh i got more clicks i got more views it's like yeah but uh he could bill simmons could be like well i got more money or you could be like well i got like there's so many more variables other than who's spitting hot fire you know what i mean and right right so there's so many ways you can make yourself win an argument and lose an argument when you're competing against somebody else but to me this one is simple mm. bill simmons was pat mcafee before pat mcafee was bill simmons was the first og up into this podcast game and took it off and sold his company made all them hundreds of millions of dollars and now pat mcafee is doing it as well um i think that mcafee is sensitive um but I also think that he has to protect himself in a different way because he takes more shots than others, right? Mm -hmm. um, he did something nobody else has done to the point where other people are trying to do it. Stephen A trying to do what McAfee did in Flip because McAfee couldn't get Stephen A's job, couldn't work with Stephen A, went and built up something bigger than Stephen A or bigger than, or rival of uh, Bill Simmons and then came back and double dipped and getting ESPN money, knowing he could fall back on the independent money. And everybody like, damn. So I don't want to say jealousy, because Bruce Smith was not jealous of me. But he was not happy they drafted someone at his position right behind mm -hmm. him. So I think Bill Simmons' mm -hmm. perspective is, damn, Pat McAfee, all right. I, I see you, dog. I see you, dog. And then may keep the same jokes he has for everyone else for Pat McAfee. But Pat McAfee, like... You do that with everybody, but I'm somebody and I'm different. So don't do it with me. So it's just territorial. More than jealousy, I think it's territorial. And as you learn, it's enough room for everybody. <laughs> it's enough money for everybody. Mm -hmm. But right, you're going right. to fight for it at first because that's the dog in you. Do, do you think there's a part of Bill Simmons just based off of his personality that looks at Pat McAfee and says, bro, I mean, you had a huge deal. You, you'd already made it. You didn't need ESPN. You didn't need to go there. Why did you go? Do you think there's a part of him like, bro, you had already figured it out. Why Why did you feel the need to go to ESPN when you had that huge deal with FanDuel? Do you think any of that plays into it, given the fact that Bill Simmons went independent a long time ago? Yeah, great point. Great point. Um, uh, because Bill Simmons, you know, ESPN, ESPN, and then he goes independent. He does HBO and all this other stuff. But then he goes independent, kills it. And, you know, if Pat McAfee stays independent, then that creates an even higher tide, which raises all boats. So everybody makes more because Pat McAfee's in that space. Not him departing the space makes us make more. It's like comps and valuations. This is why I hate when cats don't tell people how much they made. 
how much you make. I love telling people how much I make. You know why? Because I want you to go to your boss or go to any entity mm. and use me as a comparison. Right. So you can say, well, I'm doing better than Wiley, so I should make this much. But cats be all hiding. So whenever I find out what somebody make, I tell it. Because <laughs> I'll be like, no. Because that's to help everybody. Stop being so damn selfish. <laughs> so, so when <laughs> Bill, Bill Simmons looking like, McAfee, you had 120 from FanDuel. You could have re-upped right. and got 250. And then that makes uh, Cam and Mace get, instead of 60 from Underdog, they said, they get 100. And then that makes Shannon, when he does his deal with the volume and sh- uh, partnership, it goes, like, everything gets bigger if the game right. is bigger. And he, right. I think Bill Simmons feel like he made the game a little smaller. That's a great point. Yeah, I think there's a part of Bill Simmons that just decided, let me just poke fun at this guy because I don't know why you decided to go back uh, uh, to ESPN. Speaking of, speaking of ESPN, mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp works for ESPN, but he's been making headlines for pretty much nothing that he's been saying on ESPN, but for all of the things off of ESPN. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many different <laughs> things we got to get to, so let's just go one by one. Mm-hmm. You heard the beef between Mike Epps and Shannon Sharp. That one I'm sure you heard. Yeah. Then just today, D.L. Hughley came out and said that he will not go on Club Shay Shay, even if he's invited. Eddie Griffin, the, com- the, the comedian, just last night was making fun of Shannon Sharp, questioning certain questions I won't mention now about his orientation. That stuff. Mm. And now it seems like Shannon went from having the biggest interview ever to now being caught up in the beef sex section of entertainment where now every single day he's either responding to someone, going at Mace, responding to that one. How do Mace? you think What's Shannon the Mace Sharp one? Ended up- oh, the Mace one was basically, you know when Shannon Sharp called out uh, Mike Epps? He calls him out. And he's like, when I see you, I'm going to see if you're about that work, blah, 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 blah. Mike Epps then responds, hey, I don't fight. I don't fight. So there's only other one thing that we can do. So they had that conversation. So Mace and Cam, you know, they're going to crack jokes about everything. So Mace is now reacting to what uh, Mike Epps and, 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 uh, and Shannon Sharp said. And Mace was like, I see you over there doing all them curls, all them push-ups, and all this. So he has a jacket. He's like, I dare you. I dare you to try. Like, that, that's what makes me I dare you. He's like, don't nobody care about all those muscles and all of that. Blah, blah. So then Shannon Sharp hears that, and he, on, on the show, a nightcap, he's like, now you got fake gangster pastors coming at me and this and this. And, and some people are like, yo, Shannon, bro, take it easy. Mace was in wow. trouble. So he's had, he's like... Wow. Shannon is caught up in so much beef. And my question is, what are your thoughts about all of this? Man, I got so many answers. Damn. Um, <laughs> let me just, I'm familiar with everybody, everyone you just named, I know. Like, different degrees, obviously, but I know all Hold of on, them. you know Mace? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen oh him in a couple God, years. We, me and Mace That's kicked crazy. it in Vegas a while back. We were at the front desk and kicked it and... Uh, it's Vegas, so leave it there. Uh, um, uh, but no, that's, that's cool. Mace. Uh, Cam, uh, all of you cats. These is, I'm old, bro. That's all that is. It ain't like I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm famous. Like, I'm old. Um, now I was on the flight with DL <coughs> coming back from the Super Bowl. That's the homie uh, from the hood. Oh, man. All these cats. All right. I, I feared this. I really feared this mm. with Shannon. And he's turning to the Wendy Williams of what he's Ooh. doing and it's not fair Ooh. 
But mm. someone told me that, and I, I, I kind of argued with him. But then I was like, no, I know what you're saying. Because Wendy Williams, to me, was super talented, first of all. Right. I, I, say what you want with the topics, but gosh, she got through them things. I was like, this yeah. lady is a beast. Absolutely. And that's <clears throat> Shannon is a beast at what he does. But I learned a long time ago, like, what, how. You got to know the difference between what you're doing and how you're doing it. So I started to catch a lot of fire and a lot of like virality. I was going viral for talking about people like Stephen A and people in the industry and kind of correcting their behaviors. You know, the Max Kellerman time uh, mm -hmm. when I went at Stephen A, all that stuff. And I didn't like that because it's like, that ain't what I'm trying to do. Uh, what I'm trying to do is just like, yo, won't you put respect on people's names and respect how we do this game? But right. I, I know my way is not going to be very popular. But I was like, I'd rather do it my level, highbrow, positive, than do it the way that I know gets clicks. And I feared it for Shannon because I was like, that way it's going to get clicks. But it's going to come with its issues. So you go mm -hmm. all the way back to when Shannon first start popping again. See, I used to work with Shannon and went on this show before when he was at CBS. This is like early 2000s oh, wow. with Dan Marino wow. and Deion Sanders and all those times. So I've always known Shannon, you know, and I played against Shannon. So when Shannon started popping on Undisputed, it wasn't for who Shannon fully was. Shannon wasn't drinking. Shannon don't smoke. Look at Shannon. First of all, look at Shannon. Now think if he's- Wait, what? Well, he Sorry, does. Shannon, stop, don't smoke? Well, he didn't then. I don't think he still does now. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, and this is not calling Shannon out. This is like no, 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 no. Just, just out of curiosity. I didn't this, know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is like this is brand building, right? This is how cats add layers to themselves and call it a persona, so they they can get their dough, get their clicks, whatever it may be. So I was like, oh, Shannon is killing it with this onk, like onk. And I was right. like, but he ain't onk. That ain't really who he is. And you know, it can go further. Like Whitlock goes all the way on him. Like Shannon oh, ain't yeah, never yeah, dated, Whitlock. you know, Shannon ain't never dated yeah, no yeah, black yeah, women. He, like I don't go yeah, there. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 Whitlock would go all the way with him. I'm like, I knew certain things that Shannon was representing that wasn't Shannon. And I was like, but look, it's working. Who am I? Uh, I'm not jealous because everything that everybody does in this industry, I've done too. Now, some of them done it bigger than me, but nobody's done what I've done, uh, something different. I'm like, all right, so I've been everywhere you've been. So it's, I'm not coming from that jealous angle. I'm coming from like, be careful because it comes with right. its consequences. And here's the consequence now of letting somebody come on your show and just rip, which I love Cat Williams' interview. People are not going to like being talked about, and then they're going to get mad at you for allowing it happen on your platform. That's part one. Hmm. Part two, mm -hmm. they're going to say you didn't even stop them. You didn't even redirect right. them, and then going to have the nerve to ask me to come up there. What you trying to do? And it just, at a certain point, whether it's right or wrong, it just, it's messy. And Shannon's going to find himself hmm. wrestling with pigs, trying to stay clean. Grandma Ben told me about that, dog. Don't wear white because mm. <laughs> you ain't going to stay clean, <laughs> bro. And that's where I find him right now. Um, everybody's going to take their shots because he put it out there in the energy in the world. I'm a place where you can take those shots. So if energy can't be cre uh, created or destroyed, just transfer. So you are transferring energy on your platform where you can take shots at everybody. Oh, they're going to return that fire. They're going to transfer right. it back to you. That's why, you know, negativity always breeds more negativity. The, the, the thing that I'm worried about is that he somehow, and I don't think it was, an, I don't think it was his intention, 
but he's pushing himself into like the beef sector because now what some of these people are saying, like Eddie Griffin, these guys are coming at him hard. Like, it's not like they're just cracking like, oh, like a soft joke. No, they're really, really coming at him. And I think a part of it, I think Shannon may feel like everyone is coming at him. I think he thinks based on what he said is like, oh, they're jealous of the Cat Williams interview. But I don't think that's what it is anymore because the Cat Williams interview was one thing. But then he got Monique. Yeah. Monique came on yeah. and did the exact same thing Cat Williams did. The exact yeah. same thing, basically. Yeah. Call out uh, 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 um, um, Tyler Perry. Call out uh, D.L. Hughley. Call out so many people. and uh, Kevin Hart. All of these people. And then people are like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. Why, why are you bringing people onto your show that have gripes and issues with other comedians specifically? And then you just sit back and cash a check and act like you don't know what's going on. And then when they call you out on it, you're like, well, you're just jealous of my views. And I don't think some of these people are jealous. I think there's a part of it where it's like, bro, be careful with the drug. Because it's getting him clicks. But, man, I, I, I hope it doesn't have a, a negative impact down the road when people get tired of it. Yeah. I mean, look, <clears throat> I, I, I've been known that low frequency gets higher ratings. Um, it, just if you talk to dumb shit, you're going to get more love. Like, just how it goes. So we all know that. Everybody in this content space knows that. So when you subscribe to that as the creator, then people are like, oh, you really about that. So to protect yourself, you always say everyone's jealous. That's why, you know, Shannon will always probably strike back, say, oh, they're jealous. They're just mad. They're just mad. No, no, everybody's not mad. Everybody's like, uh, we don't like you trying to play that rigged game and acting like you're not affecting real people's lives and, and bottom lines, or you're allowing something that is not full of integrity or any integrity, because who knows what's real from fake? And if you ain't going to check them, then you just letting right. anybody say anything on that big ass platform? Like, come on, dog. So yeah. nobody, everybody who's successful gets talked about. But what are they saying is the different conversation with this one. Mm, mm, um, mm. And look, Shannon may be in a place, and this happens, fame is a dangerous drug, y'all. And Shannon's been famous mm. for a long time, but this is different. <laughs> and this so is different. This, this is, is different, different, right? And so when you get there, what bunkers you is, oh, man, they tripping. Oh, they jealous. Oh, they wish they could. And then what happens is your, your circumstances change because people get tired of it. They get fatigued of it. They start coming at you to the point where you better change up what you do or else. Um, I, look, two interviews shouldn't make Shannon. Shannon's done a billion things in this industry. Right. It shouldn't be like that, but it is starting to feel a little rap executive, like, you know, Jerry Heller or something like, I own a rap mm -hmm. company and all I want is gangster mm -hmm. killer rappers. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then he gets the check. And then when people start getting killed for real, you act like, oh, what do you mean? I'm just, it's art. I don't, like, know, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's interesting conversation there. Spe speaking of beef, uh, Marcellus, you and I got some beef out here in these streets uh, between. Us and our man Gilbert Arenas. Uh, <laughs> as you know, the last show that we did, we had some comments. Well, I kind of, I kind of let you. I, I gave you them for the ammo, and you went for it. Yeah, you so went Gilbert Shannon Arenas over. You went Shannon over. You just let me be cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Gilbert, so Gilbert Arenas does a uh, a response show, like a two hour show, uh, responding. First thing he goes, 
Charles, why are you always trying to get back up, man? Why are you now you got back up, you're looking for backup and all of that. So he, he was cracking that joke. And yeah. then he was just basically saying, like, basically calling this out, but basically saying, like, bro, what are you talking about? This is the way that it's done. What do you mean? What I'm saying is over the top and all. So that was basically his response to what we said. Like, bro, it is what it is. This is how we normally this how this is how we conduct business these days. What do you think about Gilbert Arenas running away from taking responsibility for saying crazy stuff uh, oh. about his former NBA players? Yeah, uh, Gilbert's in a good space. It's a weird space because it's like, I, I didn't know, like I've known Gilbert for a long time and obviously he the homie. So like, I, I think everything he says is tongue in cheek. Like Gilbert can't make me think that he's ever being mean for real. I'm always laughing. He's just a different cat. He's funny like that. Um, his son is a monster too. I'm just letting y'all know. If wow. y'all don't know about Gilbert wow. Arena's son playing basketball right now, y'all gonna hear, he's wow. sick. Um, so anyway, um, He's right in this respect. Gilbert, Snoop, uh, O'Shea, Jackson Jr., Ice Cube. We got this running beef, running like joke fest, but Clippers and Lakers. Um, and okay. so we talk real bad about each other's teams. Like I, they all oh, Laker fans yeah. and I'm the only Clipper fan at Clipper Daryl, but y'all knocked him out. So like literally knocked him out. So, so like, let me stop. So that's my job. So here's the thing. So it's just me. And like, um, <laughs> it's like me and Steve Barber and like me and like, uh, hey, I ain't got nobody. Like, like Billy, <laughs> Billy Crystal. Like I ain't got no, I ain't got no backup. So I'm getting my ass whooped. So like. <laughs> And we talk bad about each other's team. Now, the funniest thing is I am not a Laker hater and they're not Clipper haters, but it will come off as such. Like I sound like I okay. can't stand the Lakers, but when I go to Lakers games, cause uh, one of my really good friends and my coach uh, for basketball, who we just won our third championship in a row is one of the Lakers owners, Jesse Buss. That's my dog. And we right. kick it all the time. Right. I go to the games. And so every time I walk in the games, I literally get booed, but they're joking. Or they're, <laughs> or, or they're like, man, what the hell are you doing here? Why are these old traitor old punk? And like, it's, in LA streets, I can't walk around purple and gold. This is real. And he's right in that respect. My only wow. issue is Gilbert wasn't talking just about the Clippers from that angle. It looked like he was saying historically and forevermore, yes. we some hoes. And I was like, wait a minute, dog. That, that ain't the part of the conversation I'm selecting or I'm a part of. So uh, that's just how we beef, man. I, I can't lie about that when he caught me slipping on that. That's how we go at it. No, nah, he he tried. Gilbert Arenas tried to be slick. Yes. He said, and, and, I, and I caught him. He said, oh, well, you know, yeah, you know, the Clippers been hoes because they, they ain't never did nothing. Ha, 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 ha. They ain't never did nothing. So, I mean, I mean, if you look at the history, ha, 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 I said, all right. But, Gil, you was the same one saying that why do we judge players off of championships, that they're Ooh. great players that never won championship, and then turn around and call the Clippers hoes for not winning championships. You see, he ain't know I was I was coming for him. So, Gil, if you're going to respond, feel free to respond to Marcellus to that <laughs> to that <laughs> You got receipts though. Like that's one thing about Gil. Like Gil is an entertainer. Like he's funny, man. Right. But if you give him a enough rope and a long enough time, he gonna say exactly the opposite in both in that same conversation. Like he gonna say this and that, and then bring them all together and make you laugh, man. He's just a funny dude. Yeah, he, like that. He, he he gonna become a he gonna, he, I'm sure he gonna, he he gonna do a response. Well, that's speaking cool. of speaking of people that are in a that are, that are in a terrible place. We got to talk about that damn Doc Rivers uh, to get you up out of here, man. 
What you want to know? Do about you know Doc? what's wrong with do me? Do you know? Do you do you know that the Bucks under Doc Doc Rivers' leadership are 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 what is it? Seven and three. They've lost mm-hmm. seven out of the ten games of him being a coach. Yeah. And the last game of the NBA uh, before the uh, All Star weekend, they end up getting blown out by uh, John Morantless, uh, Desmond Baines, Jaron Jackson Jr. Grizzlies. And Doc Rivers is in the post game talking about some of the players didn't even know some of the calls that they were running that were supposed to be running, plays that were running. Some of them, they were already in Cabo. Their, their minds are already in Cabo. And now the Bucks look worse under Doc Rivers than they did with Adrian Griffin. What do you think about what's happening in Milwaukee with Doc Rivers? Oh, man. I thought you were the man of receipts. You just read Gilbert his receipts. You might want to read your own receipts, Clipper fan, Mr. Oh. Charles. Because, oh. one, oh. remember how we both felt when James Harden first came to the Clippers? We were like, no, oh. hell no, hell no, okay. hell no. Uh, no, don't you do it. And then we were like, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so can we give Doc some time? Everyone wants a helicopter. No one wants a plane. A plane needs runway to take off. Helicopter just, hey, you got a little okay. strip right Like straight up. At seven and three is not bad because if you extract that to 82 games, that's a 56, 57 win team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Marcellus, they're, they're three and seven. Oh, you said Sorry. seven and three. Okay, okay. I now messed it up. All three right. and seven. Okay, now let's talk. Let's talk. Um, well, we're back to James Harden. I knew I was going to get you either way. So we're back to James Harden. <laughs> that, that's how the Clippers start off. It's not my system. I'm Doc Rivers. I didn't run that system. Like, you got to let Doc exactly. be Doc. The Doc takes time to perform the surgery necessary to fix this team. He got hired because things weren't going so well. He got hired because right. Giannis was like, mm, 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 mm. Right. Um, let's just say this. Why, why coach keep yelling at everybody and then try to look at me too? Like, you better calm down, bro. You better know your lane, know your role. Mm, um, I mm, think mm. I think that they are going to be fine. I just had this conversation. I don't think this is privy. Um, Jesse was over here yesterday, and we were talking about how the NBA, you almost, this is profound. I didn't even think about this. He said, you almost want to have two different rosters in the NBA today. And I was like, what do you mean? Mm. And he was like, the regular season where they're not calling those fouls, pace of play is fast. Obviously, they're going to score more points. And then the playoffs. And if you notice, even like it happened with the Lakers last year. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals. There are times when you're looking at an NBA team, you're like, no way. You just throw them away. Like Golden State for a lot of this year. You just, no, nah, no, nah, nah. And right, then you're like. Right, that's a good point. And then you're like. That's a good point. Because things shift. And it all of a sudden turns into almost college basketball when it comes to the pros and the playoffs. And then the playoffs are here, and you're like, oh, they look good. So I'm just saying hold your breath and keep holding it with Doc Rivers with that talent in Milwaukee playoff time. Right now when they score 150 every game and not calling fouls, it's not going to be the same as what we see in April. So you, th- you think that they're going to be able to turn it around get towards the playoffs and then Doc Rivers will be able to work his magic with the with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Doc has magic cuz he's a championship coach, but his magic obviously has issues when up big in series. However, he's still up big. And so if you give talented players that advantage up big, usually they're going to make something with it, and I think they got the talent to do it. Well, hopefully uh hopefully he does because they've been roasting him all over uh social media. Uh, and I've been, I've been a part of it too. I ain't gonna lie. I've been, I've been definitely roasting him uh, as well. But 
man, we had uh we had so much fun today on today's show. Probably the probably the funniest show uh that we've done uh so far. But uh, we're definitely looking forward to having you come on later this week. Hopefully, some more interesting things happen to get your take on it. That's As good. always, man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you taking time out of your busy day to come join us here. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Marcellus, for joining us today. Oh, much love, big dog. I'm going to keep my voice so we can do it this week again. And uh, I'm texting Gilbert right now to light your ass up. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> he going to do it, man. He, he Oh, my God. He definitely going to do it. Marcellus, thank you so much, man. And we'll definitely catch you on the next one.